0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Kentucky basketball just picked up arguably their biggest recruit of the 2023 cycle, and I think he's somehow better than everybody thinks he is. We talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be talking about the commitment of Aaron Bradshaw to the Kentucky Wildcats five star center out of Camden High School in New Jersey. Going to be speaking with Jason Jordan, director of Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated about this kid. Going to talk about his skill set, what he brings to the table, the battle with Uganda and Yenzo in the front court next season. Also, going to talk with Jason about DJ Wagner and what his recruitment looks like right now, whether or not he could be trending towards the Wildcats. He has been for a while, what his recruitment looks like. And then finally, we're going to do a player preview. We're going to continue the series along. Damian Collins is up next could potentially be a first-round type of guy this upcoming season. I know the numbers don't necessarily necessarily reflect it. His freshman numbers don't. But, man, this kid has been grinding this offseason, and he looks like almost a completely different player, although there are some things there that have stayed the same. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. If you have not already, please subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, yes, we've got the camera back. I know that we've I've seen a few comments complaining about this. Had some technical issues. Obviously, now you can see I don't know how to uh, dry clean shirts. As you can see, this blue shirt I've got is incredibly wrinkled. But if you're listening on podcast, please continue to leave the five-star reviews. Really, really appreciate you guys doing that. Without further ado... Here is our conversation with Director of Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated, Jason Jordan. We are now excited to be joined by Jason Jordan, Director of Basketball Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. Jason, we got a really big commitment to talk about today. Aaron Bradshaw, a five-star center out of Camden High School in New Jersey, announced his commitment to the Wildcats just 30 minutes before Big Blue Madness last week. Can you kind of give us a breakdown before we get into what he could do for this team? Can you talk about his skill set and what you've seen out of Bradshaw?
0: So the biggest thing I would say with him is uh, that impresses me the most is his his ability on the defensive end first. I would say that first. Uh, His ability as a shot blocker, I'm super agile, super quick, but his timing is just impeccable. Like he doesn't go for a lot of pump fakes. He really waits until the you know the opposing players at the height of their when they're actually going to shoot it. Like it's like he's thinking. You can see his wheels turning on the defensive end, so that was that's always been very impressive to me with him. But you know, as a on the offensive end, he's 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 stellar, man. Done a lot of improving over the last year. Face up game has really come around. Back to the basket, very physical, finishes plays extremely well. Great hands, great hands, and um, super agile. He's even comfortable uh, handling the ball a little bit. You can run the offense through him, like you know, get paint touches and. Um, Really good vision. I think his vision is underrated. Like, I feel like he passes out of the post really well to find shooters. And um, just a guy who, you know, can can totally help your offense run in sync. But on the defensive end, he's really a game changer. So, a uh, big, big, big-time prospect, as you said, uh, for you guys. But that's nothing new for
1: yeah for sure for sure (laughs) defensively like you mentioned really excited about what this kid can bring to the table you mentioned the offensive game and that was actually a concern last season looking at this kid as a prospect is that there wasn't necessarily a lot of fluidity there Uh, it seemed like the motor maybe wasn't necessarily there and that maybe still be an issue Uh, and Bradshaw's acknowledged that according to what I've seen but overall just a really really good get for the Wildcats when you look at what he could do in this John Calipari offense, you do believe that he could be somebody that Kentucky could run the offense through?
0: Yeah, somewhat. I mean, he's not a guy who's, you know, he's not, not to the point of you know, like being this uh, amazing facilitator, but from the aspect of, you know, getting the ball at the high post or the low post and, you know, passing out of a a potential double team and finding shooters. He's really good at that, and I think it's an underrated part of his game. And, you know, I've seen the thing about the motor, and, yeah, he has, you know, said as much. But I feel like he's kind of it too. I feel like when I've seen him play, uh, he's really brought – I know what people mean when they say that. Like, so I don't think – I think people um, overdo – uh, when they say this kid has a high mode, motor- I mean everybody has lapses, right? So right. Uh, trust me. Um, so I, I don't nitpick that as much. He definitely has improved there. So the fact that he recognizes it is is the actual win, um, you know. So, but I think he's he's gotten better with it, especially over the last three four months, um, especially towards the latter parts of the summer. I think I definitely think that he's improved in that regard.
1: As the game continues to kind of evolve and change, a lot is being asked of big men specifically with their outside shot yeah. and what they can do creating outside of the paint. It, it it seems like, according to what I've seen, he's extended his range to maybe the mid-range area, still working on his three-point shot. But have you seen him kind of develop that yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gotten better, especially in the mid-range. I don't think he's pulling threes out there. Uh, sure. Not in your offense, I don't think Kyle's going to have that, you know, let's just make that all the way clear. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's always funny when I hear that uh, about a guy that I've watched and they're like, yeah, you know, he's um, working on his three-point shot. I'm like, well, he can work on it in practice. Kyle Fari ain't going to let him shoot it, you know. So I, I don't <laughs> see that. I'm mean, going to be all the way honest with you. I, but I think he's going to be, uh, for what he does, he's going to be very productive um, as he, you know, accepts that role. And I believe he will.
1: You talk about Bradshaw being, well, first and foremost, a defensive prospect, and he sounds kind of similar to another commitment that the Wildcats just got recently, Ugonna Onyenso, who he's going to be pairing up in the front court next season with after uh, Oscar Sheewe departs. The last time we talked, Jason, we discussed the fact that Bradshaw may not want to have to come and compete for his playing time potentially, but with this decision, it seems like he's more than willing to take on that challenge with Onyenso.
0: Yeah, You know, time wears you down. You know, time wears you down. Time it gives you perspective. And, you know, uh, Ienzo is a great prospect, a lot of upside. But, you know, I think I don't think, uh, you know, Bradshaw's worried about not getting time. You know, That's I want right. to say that in a nice way. So I think I think he's going to be OK. And I think he knows that
1: when you look at four and five star prospects like Onyenso and Bradshaw and you you obviously expect to see or they expect to see a certain amount of minutes or maybe a certain amount of playing time, what kind of do you think goes through their heads whenever they're being walked through this recruiting process? And what's kind of the pitch to them? Is it a specific minute, a uh, minute count? Is it just a promise of having to go in there and compete and earn it? What does that necessarily look like? And what do you think the draw was for Bradshaw to commit to the Wildcats?
0: Well, that pitch is different everywhere, but with you guys, it's definitely going to be, um, a Calipari is definitely my way or the highway type coach, you know, mm-hmm. and, they, and people know that, you know, yep. even on back channels, you talk to old players, old school players, your favorite Kentucky star will tell you, John Power, was not is not a respecter person. person. Um, he will get on you. Um, and it's all about, you know, running what he wants to run. And then you kind of have, have to play defense. And, and both of those guys are workhorses on the defensive end. So um, in that regard, I don't think either of them will have a, a – um, a problem seeing the court now you know bradshaw's more further along offensively i think um but you know both of them yeah i think they could play together i think they could play together i mean i think that would be oof gritty you know high low yeah. um they have a lot of similarities so i don't think they would uh be as fluent in a high low but you know um to your point as aaron you know continues to develop his offensive skill set um, in the mid-range and in the low post, I think those guys could coexist down there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk up for, for a bit about a teammate of Bradshaw's that's right at the top of Kentucky's list. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Upside. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and Upside is here to help us out. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. And with every purchase you make, you can earn cash back thanks to upside to get started. You can download the free upside app and use my promo code locked and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Then you can claim an offer for whatever you're buying on upside. You can check in at the business pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit cards, rewards, or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. It's not a fluke. It's legitimate. I use it myself. I've encouraged other people, other relatives to use it. They've said great things about Upside. It's the reason why Upside has a 4.8 uh, star rating on the App Store. And you can download the free Upside app today and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using Upside. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you with Jason Jordan, Director of Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. Jason, there is a player that is currently at the top of just about every single recruiting board out there, DJ Wagner. He is the teammate of Aaron Bradshaw, who we were just talking about. It seems like he is a Kentucky lean based on crystal balls and predictions Could we see DJ Wagner maybe unite with Aaron Bradshaw next season for the Wildcats?
0: (laughs) Well, I definitely think it's trending in that direction, but I don't know that that's anything new. I mean, I think everybody knows it's always been a two horse race there. Um, but you know, I I think it, I'll say it like that. I think it's trending. I like for people to have their moments. So I, I think it's trending in that direction. Um, and i think we'll probably know something before his season starts i believe in december is when they kick off um so some time to go people don't i know fans don't like that they get antsy cuz it's like what could change <laughs> you know like who you know what kind of uh last second dish effort uh, could the to you know the other school we won't i don't i know you guys don't want to hear that name <laughs> so i <laughs> what could they do you know these guys pull a rabbit out of a hat and you know there are a lot of variables working on their side obviously family ties on that side as well but um yeah i think they're in kentucky's in a great position and um you know i think over the next month we'll probably hear something that's what i'm hearing on my back channels
1: you look at next year's class jason you look at next year's class that backcourt for kentucky is going to be Loaded. If DJ Wagner were to commit, you would have Wagner. You would also have Reed Shepard. You would also have Robert Dillingham running the point. I mean, how do you sort that out if you're Kentucky? How do you how do you find ways to get those guys minutes? How do you run that?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to have to buy in. Everybody's going to. And But see, that's not, that's kind of the new wave. I mean, you look at a school, another school I, I, I won't talk about, but they also have a blue color. Um, but they've been selling guys on this this for years. You're not coming here and averaging 25 a game, you know what I'm saying? But you can go to the league after you average uh, 10 to 12 a game and make 25 million, you know, right. so you you weigh that out, right? Come here for the great, you know, put everything aside and you can come here. And, and honestly, there, there's something to be said for, and I've said this with Five Star, and I know fi- parents of recruits that say, you know, you know, the the uh, the upside of going somewhere where there is an influx of talent is you can go somewhere and hide your deficiencies, right? So you sure. can go and where you may uh, fall short in some areas. And I know five-star kids don't like to say they fall short, but they do. And so um, you can go there and, you know, all the, all the ball handling duties aren't on you. All the um, playmaking duties aren't on you. All the shooting things, all, shooting aspects of the game and defense is not all on you. And so that is appealing to specifically parents, because I've heard that multiple times from parents, um, because parents are a little bit more realistic. If you can believe that And those people don't like to think that that's true, but parents are a little more realistic than um, players. So that that is that is like a pro uh, for going somewhere with an influx of talent like Kentucky every year.
1: Is DJ the best player in the 2023 class in your mind? Oh, man.
0: Um he's definitely in our conversation. Our SI 99 will come out like early December. Um so he's up there. Isaiah Collier's up there. Um I don't know. It's stuff between uh-oh. You want me to record that again? No, nah, that's all good. Okay. So out. he's up there. Um he's definitely up there. I mean, I think Isaiah Collier is also up there. I mean, he's done a lot. He was hurt, but then when he came back, he was completely dominant twice in a row. Um, And his game is uh, through the roof and uh, insane. So I, um, our SI 99 comes out in early December. So those two guys are definitely going to be on the short list of about three or four that will um, be in contention for that top spot. But DJ is definitely, I mean, you know, it's it's tough to argue that tough to argue that.
1: Final question here to you. And then we'll let you get out of here. Jason Kentucky this season. What do you expect out of the Wildcats? And do you think they are capable of making a national title run? And do you think they actually will, considering last season the expectation was they they at least make a, a considerable run in the NCAA tournament? Tournament. We all saw how that turned out. Is this squad different in your mind? I know that you're you're more of a recruiting guy, but just kind of talk with me about the Wildcats here
0: for a second. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's obviously a, um, a you know, Everybody wants to put last season to bed, right? I think your fans, I you know that your staff does. And so I think, um, will they make a title run? I, you know, I, uh, I definitely want to shy away from talking about that in October. But, um, you know, I think they have a lot of pieces, a lot of playmakers on the court. Um, and I think that's the, we. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I've talked about this a lot. That's the way even college basketball. If you look at the teams that are the most successful. They flood the court. With playmakers, agile playmakers, long length, and I think you guys check off those boxes, and uh, I definitely think you all will make uh, a a deep run in March. Now, title, uh, I, I talk to me again in December. Talk to me again in December.
1: All right. All right. Sounds good. It's going to be a fun season. It's going to yeah. be really, really fun to see how the uh, how next season pans out with all the stud uh, stud recruits coming in. Yeah, we'll man. continue to, to uh, discuss those with you, Jason. Talk about the other pieces that Kentucky could be looking at in the future. But, hey, really appreciate you coming on today's show. Tell everybody where they can find your content.
0: Uh, SI.com, college basketball. You know, we'll do a lot of have a lot of Kentucky coverage over the last couple over the next couple months. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll expand on, on those title runs. Here are some stories that we have planned coming up. So it's definitely stay tuned to that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, Jason, thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you. All right, that was Jason Jordan, Director of Basketball Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. Really appreciate Jason hopping on to talk about Aaron Bradshaw and DJ Wagner. Before we continue our player preview series with Damian Collins, who could potentially be a first-round prospect this upcoming draft, Want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from Kentucky's weekend game or throughout the history of our Alma Mater. This week's thrilling moment from Kentucky's game against Mississippi State. I think this pretty much is a no-brainer for me. It has to be Will Levis's bomb he threw to, De- to DeKel Crotus for the 50-yard completion to set Kentucky up for the final touchdown of the game against the Bulldogs. Really, really exciting stuff. We talked about the drive charts last week or excuse me, last episode. And we broke down how Kentucky was on fire in the second half, scoring touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. There's a pick six in there, but this bomb to Crotus, you really, really like the thrilling moments when you have a player streaking downfield, and he is just wide open. You see the crowd get into it. It's really, really quiet whenever the quarterback lets the ball go, and it slowly starts to build as you see the player streaking downfield, and once he catches that ball, everybody erupts. It was the same thing in this game. Really, really fun whenever you get to see explosive plays like that click. It was phenomenal It's our Nissan thrilling moment of the week. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier on Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA,
1: Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Damian Collins next up in our player preview series. We've already did Uganda on Yenzo for our first player. We are going to continue along with Damian Collins. And I don't want to use the word break out too much whenever I talk about Collins because he is somebody that I think is going to translate very well to the next level at the NBA. But for this season, I think he's going to have some limitations in terms of playing time. We're going to get to that in a second. But you look at last year's numbers for the freshman out of Texas, right? 2.9 points per game. averaged less than a, uh, yeah, 0.1 steals per contest, 0.1 assists per contest. Uh, took only 1-3, I believe, all year. Didn't make it. Uh, shot 85% from the free throw line, which is really, really solid. Shot 57% from the field. 61% from two I, this guy last year was pretty efficient, I would say, outside of the sh- uh, shooting the three ball. And he didn't necessarily get a lot of opportunity to show what he was capable of because Kentucky had so much depth in the front court with Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin kind of taking over. Oscar Shibway also in there as well. Lance Ware, also somebody else. So Damian Collins kind of had to take a back seat to some of the, these guys. Well, Keon Brooks is gone. And if I had to make an assumption as to whether or not Lance Ware or Damian Collins sees the floor second at the power forward spot after Jacob Toppin subs out, I'm going to go with Damian Collins for a couple of reasons. First off, I think you've seen it. I've seen it. We've all seen it. Damian Collins in his offseason progression so far, well, based on what we saw in the Bahamas, based on what we've heard from Cal, it's been really, really solid. He's developed an outside shot. He's gotten more comfortable handling the ball. Obviously, this kid is really, really explosive, very athletic, could jump out of the gym, but he's starting to develop some of those things that you need to do in order to have success, not just at the collegiate level, but at the NBA level, which has become an all-around type of player. I know that we've talked a lot on this podcast about how the NBA essentially demands players to be versatile in their game, and versatile in what they can bring to the table. College A little bit less so, but also college is starting to trend that direction where you're seeing a lot of positionless basketball and you're starting to see teams like Kentucky and North Carolina and Kansas and Duke. They have extremely talented athletes and we've seen this for a long time, but they're starting to not just be athletes that are good at their position. There are athletes that can do a lot more than what their position asks them to do. You see big men starting to step outside to the three-point line to start to try some outside shots. You see point guards also, instead of just distributing, they've become really, really strong scorers as well. It's not necessarily this 1980s, 1990s basketball, although some may tell you that the schemes that some of these teams are running are still the same as they were just a couple of decades ago. But we're not just seeing positions being constricted to what their one specific thing does. Point guards don't just distribute. Obviously, they haven't for forever, but we're starting to see where players are starting to mold into similar heights and different things like that. And you've got a six foot nine forward here in Collins that is starting to really blend all of these different things together in his skill set. You like his upside as an NBA player, but if we're talking specifically what he can do for the Wildcats this season, I think he's going to do what he did last year, which is be very efficient but he's going to do it in a little bit of a larger role. Jacob Toppin's going to get the start at power forward for the Wildcats this season. Really, really bouncy athletic guy himself. Also been working on his three-point shot, and based on what we saw in the Bahamas, he's somebody that we need to be looking out for. But Collins is somebody that I think, if he's given the minutes to actually play, whether that be backing up Oscar Sheebway at the five or backing up Jacob Toppin at the four, he could rotate in and out of their spot. We saw him do both last year. He's going to be efficient. And on top of that, he's gonna be somebody that's going to be a threat to not just score inside, but also outside. It's interesting. You talk about the efficiencies. Jacob, or excuse me, Damian Collins was not phenomenal when it came to mid-range stuff last season, which is something that Kentucky heavily utilizes within their offense. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not he continues to do that, or if he becomes just an inside the paint, outside the three-point line type of guy. If he's anything like he was in the Bahamas, he's going to be really, really good for the Wildcats this upcoming season. If you've got thoughts on what Jacob, or excuse me, I keep saying Jacob Toppin, Damian Collins is going to do this season, leave it in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials. I I think his limits are going to be, or minutes are going to be limited because of the fact that Jacob Toppin's still here, and he's very similar in play style to what Collins can do. Do we see Damian Collins make the move to the NBA draft this year? I think that it's very, very possible. I'm going to lean towards yes, and statistically he may not be there, but I think that you see the physical talent if you're an NBA scout and you see the physical talent if you're on Kentucky's team and you're, or if you're a fan of Kentucky and you understand, look, you don't necessarily have to put up big numbers to go to the NBA and then hit it big. Just because there are guys in front of you that are taking up the majority of the minutes you not mean it doesn't mean that you're a bad player. Sometimes seniority just simply wins out, and I feel like that's a very that's a big part of this with Jacob Toppin. No disrespect to Toppin, who I think is a better player than Collins right now in his career. But yeah, Damian is going to be something special for the Wildcats this season. We're going to see him in a bigger, a bigger role, I think. It's not going to be a much bigger role, but it's going to be a bigger role nonetheless. Excited to see what he does for the Wildcats this upcoming season. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show. On Twitter at lockedonuk, follow me on Twitter at lance doll underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.